Is that music? It's a good choice. Hey, well played. We got no ship. No crew. How are we gonna get out of this one? We will find hope in the impossible. I won't die alone. Well, that's just typical. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Movies, Games and Television Secrets. I am your host, Father Roderick from the Netherlands, and joining me today is Dom Bettinelli from the Boston area. Hi, Dom. Hello, Father. Live long and prosper. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and we will, especially this year and the next year, because the future is looking bright for the topic that we're going to talk about today, which is Star Trek. Uh, after a long hiatus, Star Trek is coming back to TV. Uh, the uh, recording sessions are going to start uh, towards, I think, in, in September in Toronto. So we That's heard. Right. That's and been announced. Even before we get to see Star Trek on television, we get to see it in the movie theater again because we are uh, eagerly awaiting the third installment in the new rebooted Star Trek series, and the new movie is called Star Trek Beyond. So today we're going to discuss what this means for us Star Trek fans, what we expect uh, uh, of these uh, of the movie, and more importantly, for me at least, is what can we expect of this television series? What are uh, our hopes? Uh, where could they mess it up? <laughs> what are the pitfalls? Where is this gonna lead us? And there are, of course, a few tidbits of information that we can already discuss, even though um, we know much more about the movie than we know about the television series. But let me first ask you, Dom, what does Star Trek mean to you? <laughs> well, I know that a lot of a lot of people listen to uh, SQPN shows. They know me from Secrets of uh, Star Wars, and Star Wars is certainly a foundational part of who I am. But I was actually a Star Trek fan before I was a Star Wars fan. Um, one of my earliest memories with my dad is sitting down and watching Star Trek reruns together. You know, uh, Captain Kirk and Spock and McCoy having their adventures. Um, and uh, I've been a I've been a huge Star Trek fan. I've been to Star Trek conventions. I, I never dressed up. I never cosplayed. But but I certainly have been to conventions. Met some of the stars. Uh, um, I've I met uh, James Doohan, which you know Scotty, which was cool. you know uh, amazing. Um, I met um, uh, Marina Sirtis, um, and uh, she complimented me on my on my uh, my shirt at the time. I forget what it was I rem I remember distinctly when you're you know 19 years old and you know someone like that it compliments uh, your appearance. You you remember that the rest of your life. <laughs> uh, so um, and I I rem I was always geeky about it. I love the technical stuff. I um, I own the original Star Trek technical manual, which apparently, if it were in pristine condition, would be worth you know a fortune. Mine is tattered because I. You know, read through it so much, um, and I even write, uh, have written. I haven't done it li lately. Star Trek uh, fan fiction. So wow, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I mean, that's I'm a I'm a big Star Trek fan. So uh, the the Star Trek fan fiction about which era? I'm curious. Well, it takes place. Uh, so it's it's not. Uh, um, it's all original characters and situations, or not situations. I mean, it takes place within the era of the shows. Um, it takes place during the um, during and immediately after the the Dominion War, so the uh, events of DS Nine. Um, my my novella length uh, fan fiction, I and mean, it was pretty, it was pretty long, um, was about Star Star Trek uh, Starfleet Marines. Because nice. I always wondered what would be a what would a you know a Star Trek ground battle be like you mm -hmm. know against the dominion so I, I i wrote something like that and then i wrote a couple others um about a starship um uh, and a captain um uh, it was um I forget, uh, it was kind of inspired by the movie gone in 60 seconds i don't know if you remember that i remember watching yes. that and had an idea for what if you had people who stole starships ah nice and you had this charismatic <laughs> leader of this gang and a, a versus the start the starfleet captain who is sent to go capture them um and so i had uh i wrote a short story about that but if people want to see it, uh those um you go to uh, betnet.com b-e-t-t-n-e-t.com slash star trek 
I think it's cool. I think that still works. Um, and there, those those are those stories are there. So uh, I mean, again, I've been a lot. It's a lot of fun. I, I love living in and uh, thinking in the Star Trek universe. Nice. So if the if the writers of the new TV show kind of are in a rut and they don't know what what the next story is going to be, they can just go to betnet.com and steal yes, it from they, you. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, they, yeah. Send me an email. Uh, you know. <laughs> I'm I'm a longtime Star Trek fan as well, uh, but my first I think it was the first uh, science fiction series that I ever watched on TV at, uh, when I was staying at my grandparents. They could get German television. They lived close to the border. And this was at the time when, when there were only two channels on TV and we had a black and white TV. But my grandparents had German TV and they were running the original series. And so for many years, I actually thought that the crew of the Enterprise was German and it was a big shock. When I discovered that it was actually American, <laughs> and I've I've remained a Star Trek fan ever since. I've been watching all the television series, and uh, this past weekend, I actually had my my first my my cosplay premiere. It was the first time in my life that I was cosplaying, and the first time that I was wearing a Star Trek science uniform. Um, I couldn't be more proud. <laughs> <laughs> So let's first start uh, talk about uh, the upcoming Star Trek movie. Of course, it's uh, the the third of the of the rebooted series, and this time J.J. Abrams is no longer at the helm. Instead, we get the director of the past fifteen Fast and Furious uh, movies, or I don't know how many. <laughs> um, we've we've all seen the 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 official trailer. Um, I think mm -hmm. it was a couple of months ago. Uh, which yep. received very mixed reactions. Uh, what did you think of the trailer? Well, my first impression of the trailer is, is it doesn't tell us very much at all. Uh, I mean, there's actually been a couple of versions of the trailer, one that kind of gives us a little, a second one that kind of gave us a little more. But what we get is mainly just impressions of action and, and, and you know, lots, lots happening on screen, but not much in the way of story. Um, you know, we see some new aliens. We see some, I think, some uh, familiar faces among the. Uh, I think there's a, at least um, one. To me, it looked like a Gem Hadar. So that would be interesting if they bring in something from uh, from uh -huh. uh, the Dominion. Uh, but I'm not sure if that's just the makeup looked familiar. Could be on the uh, on the, on the uh, actor. Um, but other than that, there isn't much. There's there's uh, there's action. There's humor. Um, which isn't surprising, given that one of the writers is Simon Pegg, who plays yeah. Scotty. Um, yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I mean that people were worried that you know I think people came with a pre preconceived notion that Justin Lin, as the as director of Fast and Furious, is going to make uh, warp speed in the Furious, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, a Star Trek version of that. And I don't think that's necessarily fair. I mean, we. Peter Jackson, his previous movies before um, uh, the, the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings were, you know, the Frighteners and uh, you know those sorts of things. And if you just if you had prejudged him based on that, it wouldn't it wouldn't have accurately reflected. So I don't think mm -hmm. that's a that's a necessarily fair reflection, especially given how little the trailer actually gives us. Yeah, what I gathered from the trailer, rewatching it several times, is that. Apparently, uh, the Enterprise is heading towards a planet, and it gets attacked by, I don't know if it was an asteroid field. It looks more like alien ships or something like that, like a massive attack. Yeah. The Enterprise gets destroyed completely uh, because there's one scene in which we see, I think it's Kirk, looking at the Enterprise being destroyed from an escape pod. And the next scene, the pod lands on a kind of a lush... Uh, uh, jungle type yeah. planet yeah that's what it looked like we see uh spock and uh mccoy also landing i'm not sure if this if it's the same planet i just assume it is we see some other shots of a planet where we see a lot of spaceships that have crashed so perhaps this is a very aggressive um uh alien race that is trying to destroy anything that cr that passes over them mm -hmm. um and and then kirk at one point uh, encounters this this uh, alien race, or I'm not sure if it's a, an entire race or or a female um, uh, alien with the white face and the. I mean, that was just created for cosplaying. I, <laughs> that that you remember the, the the white alien the with the the stripes on the face. Yes, yes. It it. I think that's going to be a very popular. <laughs> 
uh, type of, of, of costume and makeup in right. the next couple of years. Um, and then we get a shot of, again, it's, it's this kind of, a, 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 kind of a rock strewn place. And it looks to me as if the entire crew of the enterprise has been taken captive. Because they're all kind of marching around there in mm -hmm. blue, yellow, and red uniforms, and um, and 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 we get one shot, I think, of the main villain, who is this alien with the kind of reptile face, mm -hmm. uh, and it did look familiar. I was just the, the the only thing that I that that I said when I first saw it was like, wow, those masks are so much better than anything we've seen in the TV series. I mean, right. everything looks really, really well done. Perhaps even a bit too too slick too polished i don't know um and and then there's just a lot of fighting so mm -hmm. the the thing that worried me and still worries me is is the fear that it might be again very generic like like the first i loved the the reboot by jj abrams but i have to say i was very disappointed in the in the main villain of of the first movie just right. just generic alien um and 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 a, a bit of a, a waste uh, casting Eric Bana for 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 that role because he's able to do so much more, and, right. and, and everything about that first movie felt so I don't know a bit contrived a bit yeah we've seen that before and it didn't really push any limits of the series. The second movie was 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 nice was intriguing. Um, I, I like the kind of the spin on the wrath of Khan, even though I, I, I still prefer the original so much more. Right. Um, and this third movie, I don't know. There's nothing in that trailer that tells me that this is going to be something new. It's, it's certainly going to be exciting. It's going to be a roller coaster ride, lots of action, explosion, humor, but we've all seen that and I'm waiting for something new. How many times can we see the star, the Enterprise get destroyed? You know, in a yeah. Star Trek movie, uh, this is this kind of goes to a, like a, a bit of a fundamental question uh, for me: is is Star Trek a, t a TV series or a or a movie series? Uh, in other, what is its natural medium? Uh, Star Wars, I feel like, is definitely it's a it's a it's a movie series. It was mm -hmm. born in movies, and the storytelling is a is a movie sort of storytelling universe. Whereas Star Trek, it just I think it just works better as a TV show. Um, it it needs a longer span of time to develop characters and to get that the to tell the sorts of stories that are Star Trek stories, because when we've got ninety minutes or two hours at best to tell a, a story, you know, well we've got a you know, have all the special effects and we've got a, you know, everything blowing up and blasting and how do we top the last movie? And, mm -hmm. and, you know, we've got to have peril and we've got, and it's, you know, a breakneck pace. Uh, and, and frankly, ever since I would, I would say Star Trek five. So undiscovered country, maybe, maybe after undiscovered country, once we started getting into the generations movies, we've, we've even gotten more breakneck in this, in the pacing of these yeah. movies. And I, my big disappointment with, with, with Star Trek Into Darkness is, oh, it's another one where we have like the 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 infiltration of Starfleet, you know, the betrayal of its of its ideals by an admiral, and it, it, oh, it's just it's. I mean, it, uh, the uh, acting was great. Uh, I like the actors. Um, the special effects were fantastic. The fight scenes were great, but the st I think the story suffered, and that's my fear for this movie. And and, and I hope they overcome it. Is uh, you know, I'd I'd rather see them kind of get back into what is what is it that makes Star Trek Star Trek, and that's the 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 mo the, the the story um, yeah. of Star Trek. And and it, it is it's also the the characters kind of the interaction of the crew and and that just needs time to develop in that respect in a way TV has already surpassed uh, the the art of movie making in general if you look at the the kind of stuff that Netflix and and Hulu is doing and Amazon right now with those TV series where it's very cinematic and in, in in that it doesn't really look like cheap TV anymore but there is so much more time to get us involved and to create attachment to these characters mm -hmm. um the, the the only thing well the only thing there, there are a lot of things that i do like about what i've what i've seen so far especially just the quality just, this oozes again like star Wars, star trek has never looked better 
than mm-hmm. in these last three movies. So that's definitely it's it's gonna it's gonna look fantastic. Um, I love that they're bringing back Jackino for the for the music. Uh, really enjoyed that. Uh, I mean, sound design, makeup, all that special effects will be fantastic. And, and the cast is great. The cast think, is fantastic. Yes, I think that the the Kirk Spock McCoy casting is is perfect. I think Chris Pine is a great Kirk. I think um, Zoe Saldana is great. Zoe Saldana is great as Uhura. Um, Keith Urban. Um, oh my, I just blanked on Spock. Um, <laughs> Zachary Quinto. Zachary Quinto, I think, is the best Vulcan since uh, since Leonard Nimoy. I think it's <laughs> I, of all the Vulcans in all of Star Trek. I think nobody quite got it. The, the Leonard Nimoy portrayal the way Zach Quinto did. I think he's yeah. hands down uh, the best. And, and he does add uh, a little more to it. I, I like the fact that he's he's injecting even more kind of the, the humanity or the, 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 the human kind, the human part of, of his, his, uh, um, his heritage. Yes. And, and he, but he does it without it hurting his, his Vulcan side, his logic. That's right. Um, so, and, and then the director, um Justin Lin has said something that that could be just fluff stuff that they they are just supposed to to say in order to hype it up but if if he follows up on on his promise this might be more interesting than the trailer uh, uh make, makes us believe and he says we are going to try to deconstruct Star Trek and and get to the core of of what Star Trek means and why the Federation is so special. Um, and and I, I would like to, to see something a bit more fundamental like that. Like, like let's, let's go back to what is the, the core of this whole future vision of Star Trek, the idealism, mm-hmm. the, the optimistic uh, vision of the future, especially now that we're, we live in times where almost no one is, po- is positive or uh, optimistic about the future anymore. We live in a very kind of like, uh, look at the number of dystopian futuristic movies. Like the, the future is going to be Hunger Games, Maze Runner. <laughs> it's going to be terrible, divergent. <laughs> it's all kind of gloomy landscapes devoid of color and and of joy and run by by uh, moody teenagers <laughs> yeah so so in, in that respect that that creates a very interesting situation for a franchise that is based on 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 the most fundamental optimism about the future that we've ever seen in a in a television series so how are they going to to do that the, the thing that then again worries me is that apparently according to justin lynn the main villain is someone an alien who does not agree with the with the fundamental ideology of the star trek federation i'm thinking oh yeah yeah we've seen that before <laughs> right so it's just gonna, gonna be this one guy who is very powerful undoubtedly who might have a massive army and he wants to destroy uh the federation because he wants to be a dictator if it's just that, then I'm thinking, eh. <laughs> right. It's it. I mean, it's not exactly new. It's. I mean, the the, the the there there are timeless stories, timeless themes that that pervade all of you know science fiction, all of storytelling, um, and the part of the part of the issue is is well, Star Trek has been around for fifty years. They've been mm-hmm. telling these stories. Over and over, and and if start with Star Trek has a flaw, that's their tendency to recycle yes. older stories, not just like a, the reboot, which is the <laughs> ultimate recycling. But you know, um, just uh, the Next Generation did it with their um, their episode. Uh, it was like the second episode of the first season, uh, Naked Time, mm-hmm. where they everyone gets infected by this virus that makes them behave in you know uninhibited ways. Oh well, that's. I mean, that is literally recycling of the of the of the plot of of a from a the, the uh, original series. Mm-hmm. So so the, there's this tendency to recycle these 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 char- archetypes. You know, uh, Shinzon in um, in Star Trek Nemesis. Uh, uh, I mean, it was unique that he was a clone of of Picard. Sorry, spoilers. Uh, <laughs> but but you know, but like you said, even in. Um, uh, in 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 Star Trek the reboot, mm-hmm. um, I want to I keep wanting to call him Nemo, but it was it was something with an N. But you know that, but he was almost like a a Captain Nemo character. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it was it's oh he's he's carrying a, a particular grudge against a particular guy, well, and it's just, you know 
do you think? I, I'm thinking while I'm listening to you, I'm thinking is my beef with the repetition of these themes because that that's something that we that's not just something that they do in Star Trek. Star Wars, for many people, does the same. Like Episode Seven is kind of a rehash of a lot of the themes and the archetypes of of uh, of, of A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. But I, I think that my my biggest complaint so far has been that that um, whatever happens right now in the new movies always seems to be kind of confined to this one dictator alien who comes out of nowhere with his army. He gets destroyed and we move over to the next alien who is grumpy and, 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 and angry. Uh, right. and, and then we get Khan. We get it's like, I want something more fundamental. G give me like, that's perhaps something that is more like the, the Federation is truly threatened to be completely destroyed. Something but that's what I liked about Battlestar Galactica is that that the huge scope of that massive, massive problem of, of mankind basically going extinct because of the overwhelming power of this other alien race that is trying to destroy mankind. I, I wish that they could do something like that in the Star Trek universe. <laughs> I kind of feel like I want I want to go in the opposite direction, and actually, um, because this is a I think a common thing that all of sci-fi is doing right now. Like you know, we just need we 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 keep getting bigger and bigger, more dangerous aliens. So, like for example, the sequel to Independence Day that's coming out this summer as well. Mm -hmm. You know, it's now it's a bigger alien mothership going to try <laughs> to wipe out the human race. I mean, we keep having these very huge stories. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the I think the X Men is doing the same thing. I'd like to see a smaller story in a sense, like hmm. like one of my favorites is The Voyage Home, um, which, you know, it is a story about, you know, where you have the, 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 the probe that's kind of going to destroy Earth, mm -hmm. um, but it's not really, really about that. It's really about. You know, uh, you know, the voyage home is it's getting Spock back, getting the crew back. I mm. mean, that, it was a smaller story. And even Wrath of Khan was was a smaller story about, you know, Khan versus versus uh, Kirk. And it was it was a it was a, a battle. And, I mean, it felt it felt like the, the again, the, the benefit of the series is you could tell so many more different kinds of stories. But with movies, yeah. especially today, they need to be giant stories. Um, and then, well, we have yeah. I see what you mean. I, I, I guess what the my biggest worry is that we're going from what used to be Star Trek on TV, which is the alien nemesis of the week, very reminiscent of the monster of the week in the Saturday morning shows, uh, to the the basically the the nemesis of the alien of the year or of the of the next movie. Um, I, I I agree. I, I would also appreciate a small story told really really well although right. i think that that perhaps they might want to consider doing like spin-off movies uh, as marvel is doing right now with uh, in their universes and and with star wars just have the big movies with the the global plot in a way and then create these standalone and and you could even do like more different genres within the star trek universe uh, i mean what you told me about your um, uh, your idea of, of uh, Star Trek Marines or something like that. Why not? You could do like a an underground war movie set in the universe of Star Trek, as long as it doesn't upset the rest of the kind of the the global evolution of the story. Right. Hey, with that, I think we can move over to our hopes and fears. Uh, when it comes to Star Trek on television, um, mm -hmm. and I found a nice overview of what we know we don't know much uh we haven't seen right. anything on uh, you know visualized we haven't we don't know who's going to be cast but we do know a few things let's discuss them uh this is from uh a, a website called tv cheat sheet and uh it has a couple of points the first one is the new star trek will air um in 2017 um, on a VOD platform. So it's a video on demand. That's basically for the United States or for North America. I think they've also said that for foreign markets like Europe, where I live, uh, it's probably going to be more traditional and it depends on which party picks it up and, you know, could even be Netflix. <laughs> who, who knows? Here's hoping. Um, and uh, the, the, the problem that some star trek fans have with this oh, it's got it's another monthly subscription and people are already paying hulu amazon netflix um 
what is it, HBO and yep. now CBS. Yeah. And and others. Is, I mean, there's other stream services out there, too. This is actually a sort of a bigger topic. But, you know, there is this worry that, you know, for so long we've been demanding to unbundle from and being tied to the cable box, which, you know, for some people is $100 and $200 a month. Mm-hmm. Um and so they're finally starting to give us that, except, you know, they're breaking up the channels and charging us 10 bucks per channel, yeah. which is it's going to be even more expensive that way. Uh, it's So, yeah, that, that's a concern. I mean, I, I six bucks a month, you know, because I, I there isn't there isn't anything else on CBS All Access that I, that right. I can't already get somewhere else. I'm not interested in mm-hmm. CBS All Access except for this series, which is exactly why they're doing this. Of course. Because they course. want me to, 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 to subscribe. But they and want this to be their Game of Thrones. You know, that's why people subscribe to right. HBO. It's, it's mainly for Game of Thrones. And so Star Trek, so, they hope that it's going to give them a piece of the pie as well. So the question is, is how many episodes of, of this series is, are they going to make per season? Are they going to dribble them out one week at a time or drop them all at once like Netflix does? Um, I mean, there may be that if they drop them all at once, maybe I binge watch them and pay six bucks for the month and then cancel, <laughs> cancel my subscription. That's an option, too. Yes. So, you know, I, I know people who do that with Netflix. There's only mm-hmm. a couple things they want to watch on Netflix. They binge watch them and then suspend until the next time a, a season drops. Uh, I, I'm going to guess, you know, that they're going to dribble them out. But even then, these days, these um, on demand series or some of these bigger series are not the classic 26 episodes or i don't think anybody does 26 anymore it's it's at best you get 22 23 yeah yeah but now they're down to 12 14 and some are even uh, i think like game of thrones (laughs) does 10 so it's like you know at that point again you know so 10 episodes they release them weekly um that's a couple months maybe that is maybe that is worth 12 for you know 12 or 18 dollars to to watch a, a season and and depending on on how many episodes and how quickly they will release them, uh, another option would just be to buy it on old fashioned old fashioned DVD or Blu-ray, which is how a lot of people here over here in Europe watch the American series because we don't even have access to Hulu, but we'll mm-hmm. just or Amazon and there's some great series there, but we'll just buy it straight from Amazon. The only thing is, it doesn't generate the same kind of buzz like you see when. And that was one of the things that I loved about Star Trek and I was longing for is if we get like weekly episodes, there's going to be this and this vibe around Star Trek. We'll be able mm-hmm. to talk Star Trek every single week, which is kind of the downside of, of the Netflix model nowadays where people yes. watch Daredevil, you know, in two evenings and then they talk about it for two or three days. And then basically that's it. You know, what's what else is on TV? And we move and over to the next uh, hype. <laughs> Well, and then the, for those of us who take our time watching these things, uh, because I don't have time to, to binge watch an entire season at uh, once, you know, I don't have anyone to talk to about. I can't talk to you about it because you've seen the whole season, so you know yeah. what happens. I'm avoiding, I'm avoiding you because <laughs> you, you, I don't want you to spoil it for me. And 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 it just, it, and I think it dampens the buzz a little bit. I mean, I like the idea of them dropping the whole thing at once on one hand because then I can watch as fast as I want to, mm-hmm. but. Uh, that there is a price for that, and that is um, that that buzz and that communal. Exp- that's what the big thing that yeah. gets us is the communal experience. Uh, just you know, a walk down memory lane because Star Trek fans have to. You know, we, we've been we've been doing this for so long. So when Star Trek Voyager came out, I was a college student in a town that had like three over the air channels, and I didn't have cable. So I had a friend who had cable, and we got together every week to watch Voyager. You know, uh, at his house. You know, he made pancakes, and we we watched. We had uh, pancakes for dinner and watched Star Trek Voyager as it aired. Because of course, there was no TiVo, there was no on demand. It was all you know. You had to watch it when it was on. Um, yeah, it was on UPN, which is come to think of it, a similar situation. Mm-hmm. UPN was a new network, and it and it was it was. Um, it's tentpole. It's it's it. The, what it was, you know, built around was Star Trek Voyager. That mm-hmm. was like the first big series. Um, except you, you know, UPN. It was syndicated, so you it was either part of your cable package or it wasn't. You didn't pay extra for it. So I think that's a little bit of a difference. Yeah. Well, we don't know much about what the final model is going to be. 
I'm just hoping that we're going to go back to this this world where Star Wars is uh, Star Trek is a staple ingredient of our conversations and not just yes. for two weeks. But, you know, we mm -hmm. have to kind of fill the gap between those movies, which will only come out every three or four years. So uh, I think Star Trek is meant to be on TV. It's meant to be serialized. Anyway, yes. let's let's move over to the other things that we know about this new TV series. Um, and that's who's going to run this this series uh we've got alex kurtzman and he's going to be the executive producer he worked with jj uh, abrams on the star trek on the uh, previous two star trek movies so that's that's someone who's very experienced also probably will bring a lot of his kind of cinematic theatrical uh know-how to the table which can only be good for the quality um and then uh he is uh, they've also hired brian fuller um, who is co-heading this new series. Um, and he was a writer for Deep Space Nine as well as Star Trek Voyager. I don't know exactly which episodes, but from what I gathered, he's a veteran writer. And, and so, and he's going to be the showrunner. So he's going to run the writer's room. Yeah, he decides what what stories, be, you know, become episodes and that sort of stuff. So uh, it's that's that's good to to know because those are those are. I'd have to look and see what his episodes were, but those, you know, my, I, I was recently telling you, I think uh, at another point uh, that my favorite uh, Star Trek series, I think is deep space nine. I like, I just, uh, that always, I liked the stories and the yes. writing in that uh, better than any of the others. Well, but don't forget the best uh, seasons of uh, deep space nine were, were headed by Ronald D Moore. <laughs> who's yes, not going to exactly. be part of this, you know, new Star Trek series. Unfortunately, that's right. He would be that's perfect right. for it. Um, then what we also have learned is that this series will have entirely new characters. Um, according to a quote, uh, and I think I'm not sure who gave us this quote, but anyway, the new Star Trek series will introduce new characters seeking imaginative new worlds and new civilizations while exploring the dramatic contemporary themes that have been a signature of the franchise. That's a very good point. This is not just about the future in a world that has nothing to do with our world, the best Star Trek episodes were re reflecting kind of the situation of the, of the times, even, even the optimism of Star Trek mm -hmm. the original series very is very much kind of the vibe of, of, of society at the time in the sixties. Yeah. And, and that actually, that, that quote gets back to a point I think we were making about the movie, which is the movies, you know, these, these big bad villains that we have to defeat where Star Trek is, Explore strange new worlds, seek out new civilizations. It's not always about yeah, and defeat them. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's, not, right. not, it's not about the Klingons per se. You know, it's it, but Star Trek's ideals has always been about see what's out there, see what's new. Yeah. All the you know the, when we when we find a new species, uh, a new you know something new and interesting, it makes us better as a race, as a as as a people. Um, and and I like those. I like that sort of storytelling. That is ultimately an optimistic viewpoint. Mm -hmm. And 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 perhaps if if they want to reflect what's going on in society, we get a lot of episodes about acceptance and broaden your horizons and religion. Who knows? I mean, there's yep. a lot of religious tension right now in the world. Perhaps that's going to be reflected as well. Now, another interesting rumor is that, and, and this is just a rumor; it's unconfirmed. Could be completely made up. Um, the show would be. A seasonal anthology, which mm -hmm. means the setting and the time could change with each season. So, and this this kind of ties into another rumor that we've heard, and again, might be completely made up, and that is that this series would take place in between the original Star Trek series, but before the Next Generation, which is a very interesting time. It's kind of like the in between the prequels and uh, and and Star Wars: A New Hope, uh, right? They're, they're currently mining that kind of in-between time that nobody really knows about. Rogue One, the new Star Wars movie, is going to do that. Perhaps Star Trek is going to follow suit. Yeah, and it's an interesting that that gap period. I mean, I remember when Next Generation began, and we were all said, "Well, wait a minute." I mean, what happened after after Kirk? Like after Kirk, Spock, McCoy? Like what happened in those years? It, it you know, it's we know what happens on the grand scale, but there are a lot of many smaller stories that can be told in that time period. And it is, it is interesting. Um, the idea of an anthology series is kind of, it's intriguing. I'm not sure I like it, but it could be uh, the idea that, you know, 
you're basically telling a a longer it's almost like a longer movie mm-hmm. it's a self-contained story over over a, a longer period of time than a movie uh, over a, you know a tv season's worth um there are a couple of series out there like that right now i um uh, what's one it's the uh it's a de- true detective i think it's called okay. I, I don't watch any of the the ones that, that currently do this there's a couple of them there's a horror one too um where it's it's a self-contained story which it lends itself to some interesting drama because mm-hmm. if you know if it's self-contained nobody has to survive to the next season you know i yeah, mean it's sure. it, it, the, the there was always that the 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 kirk problem is is no matter how bad things got for kirk you knew he was going to be in next week's episode, so yeah. you know he's out. He's going to survive. So um, that's that's uh, it's an interesting it's an interesting if true, but it's risky as well because yes, it will make the attachment to the new crew and the new characters much more difficult if you if you don't know if they're going to be there for the next season. I don't know if they want to do that, but mm. it, it it they might opt to go in a very different direction in terms of storytelling. And that in itself could be interesting, but also, again, very, very dangerous. You don't want to mess, mess with Star Trek too much for fear of upsetting mm-hmm. the, what, the expectations of the Star Trek fans. This is an established franchise. We've had five incarnations and, and, a, and a whole number of movies. And if there's anything we've learned from, from the years previous is, is that um, you, you don't want to upset the fans. They are paramount to the success of this series. No pun intended. <laughs> paramount. <laughs> yes. um, so there is also an interesting um, remark, I think, about a, a lost legacy of Gene Roddenberry, who, of course, is, is no longer with us, has been so influential, especially in the first let's say first period of the of the series they recently discovered 200 floppy disks with texts and they decrypted it they they brought in you know all the experts in technology and and took them from retirement homes etc to decipher what's on these <laughs> floppy disks because they were um I think that Roddenberry was using like a software that nobody uses anymore. So it was quite you could probably do a whole series about that challenge alone. And there have been some remarks that perhaps they're going to use some of those ideas that are in there in the new TV series, which would, would yeah. be a great homage. It, it would be. I, I'd have to take the, that with a grain of salt, that rumor, just only because the the uh, the particular remarks were um, the company that recovered the data is Drive Savers International, which is famous for their ability to recover data from the, you know, uh-huh hard drives that have been through nuclear explosions. I mean, they're really good at that. And he was, uh, there was the guy from that company that kind of speculating like, oh, well, who okay. knows what's on it. it <laughs> so nothing official and who knows. And just um, be 200 floppy disks with tax reports. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and actually, um, I don't have you, have you seen the doc? There's a documentary on Netflix um, by William Shatner looking at um, the, the efforts to bring back Star Trek, the next, you know, to bring back Star Trek when uh, Next Generation was being made. It was, it's a, actually, it's a sort of a behind the scenes of the making of Star Trek Next Generation. And I gather that at that period in time, when they kind of pushed Roddenberry out, there was a certain institutional, um, I'm, we're fed up with Gene uh-huh. Roddenberry sure. yeah. um, because of the the way it had developed. So I'm, I'd be curious if enough time has passed that I they'd be open so. to. I think yeah. so. We 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 are very good right now at creating mythologies around people, even though it doesn't doesn't matter if they were terrible in real life. But we will just create a media persona of this this person. And and Gene Roddenberry was a very very difficult person to to work with. And a mm-hmm. lot of his Star Trek ideas, thank goodness that they never made it to the screen because they were horrible. <laughs> but. Yeah. But I think we're, we're enough time has passed where, you know, having kind of the kind of postmortem like approve seal of approval of, of Gene Roddenberry himself could only help the franchise. E- even if they just say that they're going to use those ideas, they might not mm. even do that. But I think it will add this little extra, you know, like depth, perhaps to, to the perception of this new series. 
Well, and, and that in the fact that uh, at least one of Roddenberry's sons is involved. I think there's two Roddenberrys. I'm not sure if the mm-hmm. second one is his son as well, but there's one of them who's definitely his son, uh, that they'll also be producers, which I think is interesting. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it, it, even if it's just the idea of that they're, they want to carry on the original vision of mm-hmm. Star Trek, the the wagon train to the stars, the that ho- hopeful, optimistic vision. Uh, so it, it was, it was, it, it should be, it'll be interesting. Yep. And what I like is that probably it, this is going to be, you know, back in the old universe. That's, that's what I'm truly hoping. And, and one of the reasons that I think they, they will have to is that um, basically the rights of the movies are in different hands from the, from the television series. And so yeah. if they would want to use the established uh, movie chronology or the new new time what is it uh the, the, basically the rebooted universe yep. they would probably have to get into all sorts of of negotiations with the is it paramount who owns uh, the movies uh, it's viacom now. Oh, viacom they, they used to be the same company and then when they split you know they got the divorce and one got the the house in the hamptons and one got the house okay. in the city <laughs> but in a way i'm glad because that will that will make the series um stand on its own i think it will be really really good if it reconnects with what the established universe and and reconnect with that chronology i think there's value in that um but it also protects the series from the movies what if the third movie is a flop and everybody's like oh star trek we're so done with that and that was horrible and please no more star trek 4 that could be very very damaging to the entire franchise but now they're splitting it up so they're kind of like like half of the risk is on the movies and half of the risk is on TV series, but they won't they won't hurt each other. Well, and that's one of, that's one of the reasons why we have to wait till January as well. Uh, they agreed to have a six month gap between the movie and the series premiere uh, in order to let the movie kind of stand on its own, mm-hmm. and the series will will you know that'll be after the, probably after the DVD release. The DVD will probably be out by sure. Christmas, sure. and the, and then the the series itself will will stand alone on its own two feet without being affected for good or for ill uh, by yep. the movie. Uh, so they're thinking about that. Well, we'll have to wait and see. Something tells me, and it's just a hunch that, you know, the, the, the movie series will be over long before the television series is going to be over. And we might be heading back to, you know, Star Trek being just on TV. Yeah. Because, because I don't know, unless this third movie is really, groundbreaking and exciting i think the the fact that star trek is coming back to tv might also have kind of a a negative effect on on the enthusiasm for the movies because the movies were a huge success because we had been without star trek for many many years and Mm -hmm. finally you know even though it's in a different uh, uh, time uh, reality it's star trek right? right we've got vulcans we've got everything but if Star Trek is back on TV and the movies are not that good, will people still go and watch it? I don't know. Well, and and you know, the, the, there's a, another question too: is is how long are uh, the stars like you know Chris Pine and Zach Quinto going to want to continue yeah. to 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 play these roles? Uh, you know, this is the third movie. You know, the I, I get the sense that you know they're 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 enjoying the paycheck and enjoying the, the role the, you know if they get to do interesting stories but they're getting to be bigger stars and they're going to have other projects that want them uh who that's knows the problem of a movie i mean marvel doesn't seem to have that problem with their uh current marvel heroes and these actors keep signing on and on but those movies come out like twice a year <laughs> <laughs> well, it, uh, although i mean in a similar vein robert downey jr has said that uh he might be moving on from iron man you know that he may not yeah. I think he's slated for I think to be in the the Spider Man movie. I yeah, think. now he's going to be in the Sony Spider Man movie. So right. I don't know. The paycheck will somehow continue. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, speaking of casting, there is one casting rumor. I don't know if you saw that. No. Um, Tony Todd, who uh, a Star Trek veteran, he played uh, Kern, Worf's younger brother, in uh-huh. uh, in the Next Generation in in DS Nine. And has played a bunch of the aliens in in various seasons, and has done so much other work. Mm-hmm. Like one of the hardest working actors in 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 Hollywood. But he's been, hinted that he's been a um, uh, in talks to to have a role, which I think is. I love Tony Todd. Uh, I think he's great. Um, 
uh, he has a real presence. You know, he's got the voice and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's got the, the, the physical presence. So he'd be interesting. Um, he's also been working with this um, Star Trek fan film, uh, uh, Axonar. I don't know if you've heard of that, but no. it's a it was a Kickstarter done by uh, actors and professionals in Hollywood. These are people who their day job is they you know they they do special effects for big movies. They make they're actors there, um, mm-hmm. and you have a bunch of actors from the original Star Trek uh, series. A lot of the guest uh, stars, and they were going to be doing this um, movie uh, about Garth of Izar and the uh-huh. Battle of Axanar. Uh, Garth was in the original series. Um, and they raised a couple million dollars. We're building a studio. And this, the initial uh, clips that they were showing were amazing. And, of course, you get great actors who know how to act. You know, yeah. um, there, there's CBS filed a lawsuit against them, a copyright infringement lawsuit. To, CBS treat, treats the, is treating their fan films a lot differently than, uh, uh, than uh, Disney and Lucasfilm treat their fan films. They encourage them, uh, yeah. where CBS – well, the it might funny- have to do something with the amount of money that they raised through Kickstarter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, is in the lawsuit, uh, the the Klingon Language Institute, which is fans who who uh, enjoy the Klingon language, which is now fully developed by the fans, mm-hmm. they filed an uh, what's called an amicus curiae brief, a friend of the court brief, um, where they kind of throw their two cents in, and it was in Klingon. <laughs> awesome. So I thought that <laughs> was a little bit. <laughs> I think there's they an English need, translation. <laughs> they need the fans. That's all. That's all I'm going to say. If they lose exactly. the fans, if they lose their goodwill, then it's going to be the end. That's right. Uh, final uh, rumor. Uh, according to, again, I have no idea how credible this is. The, according to this one rumor, uh, the series will not be set on an Enterprise ship. Um, it would have a, the, the series would have a very serialized structure. And it could take place, I don't know, on the ground or on a boat. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Do you think they're going to take the risk of, of taking this out of space and, and placing it in another environment? I think that would be a mistake. I mean, it is Star Trek. Uh, you know, DS9 was, was, a, was, was a, uh, a, a, um, a risk because they were going to set it on a space station and everyone said that doesn't go anywhere. How can that be interesting? And eventually they, they did sort of relent where they gave them defiant in the later seasons. And they, you know, they, they had, they did go travel about to other places. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like, I don't see, you know, a Star Trek series that takes place. Uh, it's sort of like um, Caprica, you know, the, the, the sequel to yeah. or prequel Battle to Star Galactica. Galactica, you know, it, it just, it off. wasn't the same. It, no. it, it and I just don't think I don't think that's that's a, a formula for success. I'm curious what they mean by it's not on an Enterprise ship. Do they mean it's not on a ship named Enterprise, but it's on another ship? Eh? Is it? Or maybe they're saying it's not going to be a Starfleet story. That that that's a very it's <laughs> pretty, nebulous question. It's pretty easy to come up with a rumor like that. Oh, the Enterprise yeah. is going to be destroyed, and so they have to move on without the Enterprise. Yeah, that's kind of like <laughs> always the case. Yes. My, my hope is it's it's a Starfleet ship they're exploring. I, I just I I want to get back to the roots of of the original series and and, 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 and what it was about. I would like to see uh, a, a a crew of a starship out exploring um, and and different personalities than what we've seen before, perhaps a different mix of the crew. Um, I don't want it to be dark. That's that big trend in, in TV shows mm-hmm. and movies now is that that dark, gritty look. I'd like it to be bright and hopeful again. Um, more uh, for those who are fans of the uh, the superhero TV shows, more flash than Arrow, <laughs> or more flash than Daredevil or Jessica Jones. You know, I, I like I, I just I think. Everything's so dark now. The yeah. world is so dark. I'd like something hopeful and bright. Hope. And Star Trek is very good at bringing hope. Yes. Final questions. Dom, if you could bring back one actor from the previous series to this new television series, who would it be? From any of the previous series. Any. Dead or um, alive. I would say my my favorite character. So, so actor or character. That's a, it's, it's a either yeah. I would say I would like to bring back Cisco, bring him back from the wormhole. Uh, really? Yes, nine. Yeah, I, okay. someone was in the in the chat room was just you know saying they didn't like Cisco. I think Cisco was my favorite captain. I know mm-hmm. that's a controversial claim, but he was my favorite, and I really I would love to see him and that actor 
again. Uh, huh. I just, I, I, I just, I loved his style. I loved, uh, you know, so much about his, his moral struggles, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and you just, you, there was more of an internal life to Cisco than to Kirk or to Janeway. Uh, Picard also had some of that, but there, I just really felt like Cisco really had that internal uh, struggle. I want them to bring that back Q. I, I love Q. I love that character. I'm sure Delancey would be glad to come back and made another appearance. I, I just, I, it's, it's just quintessential Star Trek for me. So I, yeah. I want to bring back Q. If they could bring back one alien enemy race, who would you want to be in the next series? An alien enemy race. Um, Oh, that's a tough one. I'd almost want to go with something from the uh, the 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 uh, the Delta Quadrant, like maybe maybe the Herogen. Um, I remember those. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they were they were a, a, an implacable foe. That was they were they were tough. Um, although uh, I, I I'm going to say the Gem Hadar because I really felt like. They were interesting in that they were a an enemy, but there was a, an a de- there was an honor to the to their race. They were sort of like a slave race, um, doing the bidding of someone that they that they perhaps wouldn't have had they had a choice. Mm. Uh, I just I, I found the Jim Hadar to be interesting. I'm I'm suggesting that they bring back Spot. Data's cat, and that we see <laughs> that that Spot is actually a cat from an enemy. <laughs> you know, feline race that has threatened the Federation <laughs> in the past, and Spot is their final, you know, survivor, <laughs> the one who's going <laughs> to bring that whole legacy into the future. <laughs> I think it would be great for viral videos if they would bring more cats into and kittens into <laughs> Star Trek. And, and perhaps at the end of the first season, it could end with a cliffhanger that we discover that the big genius behind the, the attack on the Federation is actually Sealing Cat. <laughs> or or grumpy cat or grumpy cat <laughs> you have, to, have the view screen light up and there's grumpy cat yes <laughs> <laughs> well it is going to be an exciting time for star trek fans no matter what happens and whether there will be kittens or not um we are looking forward to seeing a lot more star trek uh we loved uh discussing this with you and of course let us know what you think by going to our website sqpn.com slash star trek there might be uh future episodes of uh these discussions as well what we do know for sure is that the series that this is part of which is called uh movies games and television secrets is uh is definitely going to continue and we will uh talk about a whole lot of different topics but they're all going to be kind of in the in the in the the vibe of you know science fiction and and games and you know exciting stories so uh if you want to subscribe to the show uh again go to sqpn.com slash uh secrets final uh thing i want to mention is if you want to support this show and all the other shows that we produce over at sqpn.com we invite you to join our spring giving campaign we're currently trying to raise some money to continue to pay the bills and to be able to uh provide you with even more exciting programs in the future so if you love what you hear if you have a little bit to share then uh, we would thank you in advance for your support go over to sqpn.com donate for more information dom it was a pleasure to talk star trek with you and uh, with you as well Live long and prosper. (laughs) Okay, let's never do that again.